0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا إنه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم فشغل الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلال وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد the topic is about minding our steps and the topic is generic it is for both males and females as well though the audience only females so we need to mind our steps in this life in order not to be misled and not to give our enemy the chance to take us away from the state path that Allah wants us to remain upon and i'm sure every muslim knows who's your his or her real enemy the real enemy and the open enemy is the shaytan this is the and the enmity between this shaytan and humanity it's since the beginning of the creation. From day one, when Allah created the father of humanity, Adam alayhi salam, shaitan started to hate him and to plot and plan to destroy him. And you know, when Allah commanded the angels to prostrate, he refused. So this enemy, really, shaitan is the source of all evil in this world. All the evil, all the corruption you see, who's behind it? The shaitan Of course he's using his agents and supporters and helpers from among the human beings, which we call them shayateen al-ins, okay? the human devils. Okay? You can see those who are putting all these ads and all sorts of corruption. There are human beings doing that, but they are human beings, in the, but in rea- reality they are the agents of the Shaytan, And he is using them. So, those people are the instruments or tools used by him. But the real originator and the source of all corruption and evil in this world is the shaytan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned the Muslims in particular and human beings in general, in many places, not to take this enemy as a close friend. But we didn't listen and we took the shaytan as a close friend. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says <todic music> Allah is, is rebuking us, is blaming us, children of Adam. Behold, we say to the angels, Bow down to Adam, prostrate, showing respect. They bowed down and they prostrated, accept Iblis. Iblis refused, except Iblis, he was one of the jinns. So now, Iblis, is Iblis one of the Malaika? Is Iblis one of the angels or the jinns? He is one of the jinns. Because Allah made it very clear. So the misconception that many Muslims have should be corrected that Iblis is not one of the malaika, is not one of the angels, he is one of the jinn. As a matter of fact, Iblis is the father of the jinn. As Adam is the father of the ins, human beings. So who is the father of the human beings? Adam Who is the father of the jinn? Iblis. So you can see, Iblis, Adam, those are the fathers. Adam is the father of the humanity, human beings. Iblis is the father of the jinn. And the jinn, they are also two types, Muslims and non-Muslims as well. And the Muslims, they have also different groups and sects like us. Exactly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, except Iblis, he was one of the jinn. And he broke the command of his Lord. He refused to prostrate and he refused to obey Allah. And he said, I am better than Adam. You created me from the fire and you created him from the clay. So he is rejecting Allah's command. Because of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed him and he said, and he told him, my curse upon you till the day I assemble the human beings and you will be also in the hellfire. And what did he ask Allah? He said, Oh Allah, give me respite, give me a chance. See, Iblis is challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's saying, just give me a chance and you'll see what I'll do to them. I will come from before their hands and from behind and from the right and from the left. I will Surround them. I'll come from every corner to mislead them. But we know that the directions are six directions. But he didn't mention up and down. Why? Because above him is Allah, and down is the sign of humility and servitude to prostrate and kneel down, which he didn't do, and for he cannot come from above. And subhanallah, brothers and sisters, evil comes from the directions the police mentioned. It either comes from the west, or comes from the east. Okay? Evil. Or, they tell you, okay, you have to be, you know, advanced, liberal, up-to-date. Okay? Modern so you have to be advanced to hellfire, you know. You should move fast to the hellfire, that's why you are advancing. Advancing to where? To hell. And if you are conservative and you are trying to live your deen and to wear hijab, oh they say he's still backward. Right? Which this backwardness is better than that advancement. And the shaitan The Shaitan said, (laughs) "I will stay stay and wait for them on the straight path. Shaitan doesn't go to the night club. Shaitan doesn't go to the pubs and all these places because already there they are permanent members in his club. Shaitan comes to the Masjid." Shaitan works hard on those who attend the study circles. Those who are trying to, to do their best to please Allah. He works hard on them. That is his job. Not those who are already join his club. That's why he said, oh give me a chance till that day. And you will find only a few of them who are grateful. And Allah told him, go. And whoever follows you, he will be with you in the hellfire. And he said, I am going to work hard to make them disobey you. And Allah told him, as long as they ask repentance, as long as they turn to me, I will forgive them. And I will not mind. Forgiving them as long as they turn to Allah. How many times we sinned? How many times we committed things that displease Allah? Many times. But the door of mercy is open. The door for forgiveness is open. As long as you turn to Allah, He will accept you. Shaitan is trying to take you away. But Allah is telling the shaitan, they are my servants. And when they turn to me in sincerity, and they ask me to, to ask, accept their repentance and to forgive them, I will grant them my forgiveness. And they don't mind. So never, never, brothers and sisters, despair or lose hope or think that Allah will not forgive you your sins. Never do that. The door is open. Turn to Allah and He will accept you. That's why on the day of Arafat, on the mount of Arafat, on that day the shaitan cries and cries and cries. He weeps and weeps on that day. Why? The shaitan cries on the day of Arafah. He says, years and years I was working hard. I was misleading them for years. And now in few minutes all their sins will be forgiven. And Allah will forgive them all. So all my efforts are lost and wasted lost and wasted. Which is true. Millions on the Mount of Arafat, Allah, when the sun sets on that day, go, leave, and your sins are washed away. Your sins are forgiven. So that's why He cries. So Allah says in Surah Al-Kahf here, Surah 18 verse 50, He was one of the jinns, the shaitan, and he broke the command of his Lord. Would you then take him and his progeny as protectors rather than me? And they are enemies to you, evil would be the exchange for the wrongdoers. Allah said, What is wrong with you, children of Adam? How can you take Iblis, the enemy of your father, the enemy of you? your open enemy you take him as a friend and you take his and his progeny his children at least has children the jinn they multiply just like us human beings not only that brothers and sisters the jinn the shayateen they participate with us in the intercourse when you are making love if you don't say the dua Shaitan is making love with you. That's why the Prophet ﷺ taught us to say the dua when you want to make love. Allahumma jannibna shaytan wa jannib shaytan ma razaqtana So Allah save us from the devil, from the shaytan, and save our progeny from the shaytan. So, because if your wife conceives from that particular intercourse, that child will be saved from the shaitan. But if you didn't say that dua and she conceived and the shaitan participated, then you will have an imbish child. And many of us are wondering why this char- child is so rich. Okay? Ask yourself, what happened? Did you say the dua or didn't you? That's why as a reminder, you can put the dua at the head of the bed. There's nothing wrong. Put the sticker there. So you remember the dua. Ibn Umar, if he, at one instance, he forgot to say the dua, he would say it later on. Just like when you forget to say Bismillah, when you are eating, you say it when you finish. So, Ibn Umar used to do that. So, the shaytan has children. So, Allah is telling us, don't take the shaytan and don't take his progeny. They are your enemies. And if you take them indeed, you are losers. We read in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that shaytan Sense every day. His children, daily chores. These are the daily chores of the, of the jinn, shayateen. Their daily work, daily tasks so at the end of the day they have to report to Iblis. So one would come and say you know I make him commit zina. I he made her commit zina. Two together they were chatting you know dating, then they met, then they slept. She so you can't tell him, you didn't do anything. Then another one will say, okay, I provoked him and I made him kill. I made him to commit murder. He say you didn't do anything. So everyone will come with what his, uh, with the report at the end of the day to his father to tell him this is what I achieved today. And he would, he would tell them, you didn't do anything. And then one of them would say, you know, today, I made him get very angry. And also I made her also flare up and get very angry. And I didn't leave them. They were nagging and quarreling. I didn't leave them. Till they divorced each other. khitan is there. Now, They are quarreling, husband and wife. Shaitan is there and he is fueling this. Don't keep quiet. Show your personality you are a real woman. Show you are a real man. Don't listen to her. And he is provoking both of them. And then the man will say, Talak, you are divorced. Shaitan now is smiling and watching and happy and he takes this good news to his father. What the police does? He puts this Shaitan on his lap. He say, you are my real son. This is what I want you to do. Why? Because the Shaitan knows. Now he divorces his wife. The children, they will get lost. Also, she will be suffering. And he will be suffering. The whole family is now scattered, ruined. That's what the shaitan wants. So please, brothers and sisters, if your wife tells you divorce me, just smile and leave. Sometimes women they say divorce me. She doesn't mean it. She means love me, right? <laughs> okay. So don't take it seriously. But the shaitan only tries to to pull their leg. This word divorce, it should not cross our minds. We should forget it. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and explains to us, he tells us that this crafty guy, which is the shaitan, really he has a strategy, he has a plan and he implements this plan in stages and phases. Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, Ayah 168: Ya ayyuhan nasukulu min fil ardh halalum tayyiba, wallathat tab'oo khutwat al-shaybah. Innu lakum aduubu mubin. you people, eat of what is on earth lawful and good. Eat the halal and do not follow the footsteps of the evil one the footsteps so the shaytan he takes you step by step step by step He would not for instance tell a woman oh if you meet this man you will end up committing zina no. we'll tell her you know you never know maybe Maybe he's genuine, maybe he will marry you. No? And you know you'll have children and and you know you are desperate, you need a husband and so he's giving her all these flowery and nice things. Though he knows what he's after. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said if There's a man and a woman together, the third person is the devil. Even if they are in their 80s or 90s. Old woman and old man sitting together. Shaitan is trying to to do something to their minds. Any man and any woman the third person will be the devil. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, Never, never go to a place where there are women. Because that is the weakness of man, women. And the <laughs> Shaitan knows exactly. And the Prophet ﷺ says, The biggest fitna which I left behind me, which is going to ruin my men. The men of my ummah are the women. That's the biggest trial and test. That's why he warned the men, he said, don't go where there are women. And also the same thing, the women should not mingle with men. Because if they mingle together, that is corruption. And that's what the shaitan does. An Arab poet said, he said, What does it mean? He says, A look and a smile and the nod of the head and the warmth of the bed. It begins with a look and then the smile. They look to each other and they smile to each other and then. They nodded. And then, the rest is known. So Allah is saying, وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ And do not follow the footsteps of the evil one. The same thing, now many sisters, they are chatting on the net. And they think this is only on the net, what was wrong with it. Or some day they start giving da'wah on the net. And she is chatting with a man for the sake of Allah, da'wah. And then that da'wah turned into something else. Okay? That's, these are the footsteps of the shaitan. Do not follow the footsteps of the evil one, shaitan. Why? innahu lakum for he is to you an open enemy. Also Allah says, because sometimes we tend to forget. That's our nature. Forgetfulness. We forget. Sometimes we are sitting together and we started, you know, joking or cracking jokes and we forget. So, what we should do when we remember, we should not. Oh, this is now Shaitan again after us. We should say the dua to expiate the sins which which, which we committed while we are uh, entertaining each other. So, Allah, in Surah Al A'raf, that is Surah 7, Ayah 200, He said, وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ If a suggestion from Satan, devilish thought, crosses your mind. Maybe you are just sitting like this, and then devilish idea. Satanic idea is crossing your mind. Maybe this idea will start entertaining it. For instance, you start to fantasize. And you think fantasy, it's okay. Many people, they commit zina and all these things in their minds. Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, if a man fantasizes while sleeping with his wife and trying, started imagining another one, that is zina. That is zina. So, these ideas, if they cross your mind, immediately reject them and ask Allah forgiveness. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying if the a devilish idea from the shaitan, the shaitan puts these ideas into your minds. I receive a lot of mails. You have a lot of social problems. Many sisters are complaining. I found my husband, you know, on the net, and I saw him watching pornography. And also his mails are full of pornography. Many sisters here, they have this problem. Why? This is from the shaitan. And because lack of imam. So if a shaitan puts these ideas into your mind, what should you do? فَاسْتَعِذْ billah <laughs> Seek protection with Allah. Turn to Allah, only Allah will strengthen your Imam. Only Allah will, will give you the help. Turn to Allah and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgiveness and support and help. فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ Verily Allah hears and knows all things. So brothers and sisters, when these ideas cross your mind and cropped into your mind turn to Allah and say astaghfirullah for Allah help me I'll tell you a story one of the brothers was studying in the United States and he was a practicing brother and those who bachelor and those who were living also they were not practicing and they bring girls etc and one day they went and they brought girls with them And they brought two for him. Because they wanted to spoil him. And he told me, By Allah, when I saw the two girls, I felt weak at my knees. Felt very weak. I felt that I am going to fall into the haram. So I ran to my room and I locked the door. And I said, Oh Allah, save me. And I opened the Qur'an. And to my surprise, the first ayah when I opened, I read, (laughs) حُورٌ مَقْصُرَاتٌ فِي الْخِيَامِ لَمْ يَطْمِثْهُنَّ إِنْسٌ قَبْلَهُمْ وَلَا جَانٍ حُورٌ مَقْصُرَاتٌ فِي الْخِيَامِ لَمْ إِنْسٌ وَلَا جامد. This is the ayah I read. حُور, Huriyat, the huris. They are completely confined to the tents, they don't leave the tents. The Huriyat in the Jannah, they don't leave the tents, they don't go shopping. They don't leave the homes, they are waiting for you in the Jannah, in the tents. (laughs) These huriyas and hurriyat never been touched neither by men nor by jinn. So he said, when I read this ayah, as if someone poured ice water, cold water on top of me, I cooled down. So Allah, helps and Allah saves. So whenever you feel weak, turn to Allah. And believe me brothers and sisters, the moment of lust is only for for a while. That moment of pleasure. And after that, sadness, sorrow, narrowness in your chest, depression, Miserableness, misery, all these things. After that moment of pleasure. So you need to practice the sabr. Sabr. Be patient for one hour. And you will never regret later. Also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in surah Fāfir. Surah 35 I6 says, Verily, Shaitan is an enemy to you. So treat him as an enemy. but unfortunately, many of us are not treating the Shaitan as an enemy. We are treating the Shaitan as a close friend. He only invites his adherents, his followers. He invites them to wear that they may become companions of the blazing fire. He wants them to be with him in the hellfire. And what he will do later on at the end of the day of resurrection, he would say, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعَدَ الْحَقِّ وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ Because in the day of judgment, the followers of the shaitan Will they be more or less majority or minority? Tell me. Followers of the shaitan. Tell me. Majority. Millions. And he will stand addressing them. Addressing his followers. And what will be his address? He would say. And the shaitan will say. When the matter is decided and it's over, those who will go to hell, they are known, and those who are going to Jannah, they are known. He would tell the people, those who followed them, وعد Verily Allah promised you the promise of truth. I promised you, and I'm not fulfilling my promise. I didn't have any authority or power over you. I just called you and you followed me. So blame me not today but blame yourselves because all of us are going to hell together. That is the end. That's what will happen. That's what the shaitan will say. So brothers and sisters we are committing a lot of mistakes and errors in many ways. Some of these errors they are diversified, they are miscellaneous, they are different types. Some of them, they are related to the to the, uh, to the belief itself. Is there anything, sisters? Okay, so please pay attention. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so these mistakes are which people commit, they are various and different. Some they are related to the belief itself. Because you know, the hurdles or the checkpoints that you have to go through to reach the Jannah. How many checkpoints you have to pass through? Who knows? Who knows the checkpoints in the way to the Jannah that you have to pass through them? No one knows? There are seven checkpoints. There are seven barriers you have to overcome. Seven hurdles you have to overcome them. To reach the Jannah. Any idea? Okay. It's not the topic. But it's good to remind. There are seven checkpoints. We have to go through them. Shirk. Number one. There there is. There are seven traps in the way. And you have to avoid these traps. The first trap is the shirk. If you fall into that trap, that's it. You remain there in the hellfire forever. If you pass it, and you will not be able to, to escape that without knowing the tawheed. Then the second trap is the bid'ah. And you will not be able to escape this unless you know the sunnah. And the third is major sins. And you will not be able to escape this until you know what are the major sins. And then the fourth is minor sins. And the fifth checkpoint is the shaitan tries to get you busy or make you engage in in halal stuff, in halal transaction business etc. to consume your time and to take you away from the da'wah. And the sixth checkpoint And you have to go through them, you have to pass this test. That if now, you reach now, the sixth station, and you are very close to the Jannah, Shaitan starts to compromise with you. You Say, alright, okay. Now we have two good deeds. One of them has more reward than the other. He will let you do the one has the least reward. Now if I ask you, sisters, please. There is... For instance, a sister who delivered, okay, she got a babe she just delivered, and a study circle at the same time. And you want to visit this your, this sister and the study circle. Where should you go? You go. Which one you, you should give it more priority? Tell me. Coming to the study circle or go and visit this sister who? who did the caesarean operation, okay? Where you will go? Tell me please. Which has more reward? Visiting the sister, right? Yeah, 70 angels, you know, will will accompany you, etc., right? You agree? (laughs) Who agrees, who disagrees? How many? Majority agrees or disagrees? Agrees? Oh, the majority, they will be fooled soon. Okay? See, see here, that's why you need the ilm. I'm sure many of you think, you know, to visit his sister, she is sick, and 70 angels will be accompanying you and will be paying for you, all these things. So, don't go to the study circle, go to the hospital. But in reality, the study circle has more reward. From the time you leave your home, the angels are carrying you. Okay? All your t- time, moving from st- the, the, through the stations or the tube, the angels are with you. Writing good deeds for you. And then you reach the place for the study circle. While you are sitting, angels are praying and supplicating for you. At the end of the study circle, all your sins are washed. Okay? The shaitan says, Allah says, Get up now, all your sins are washed away, are forgiven. Shaitan knows this, so that's why he will compromise with you. And he will let you do a good deed but which has less reward. And here you need the ilm to decide, where should I go now? Should I go to the study circle or should I go to the, to visit the sister? Or should I go to the study circle or should I go to the funeral? Which has more reward, funeral or study circle? Uh, now study says, alright <laughs> ok, yes so this uh, from the errors which uh, people they, uh, they commit that's why we need to be uh, careful and alert errors uh, oh, ok, we mentioned only six uh, checkpoint which is this one, the seventh one. Of course, if you reach the seventh one, MashaAllah, you are seeing the walls of the Jannah. Okay? You are seeing the the gates of the Jannah. Do you think Shaitan is leaving you? No, no. Now Shaitan will come himself, and he will use all his resources, all his followers. And this station, Ibn Al-Qayyim called it, the station of wrestling. You know wrestling? Yeah, women they wrestle nowadays. Okay? <coughs> the station of wrestling where the shaitan will be wrestling with you. Once you put him down and once you put, he puts you down. Ibn Qayyim says, and Allah loves to see you reach there. What does it mean, metaphorically, the wrestling? He is telling, it means that he will use everything. You might end up in jail, behind bars. You might end up killed. You might, uh, many things will happen. Because you are very close to the Jannah. That's what the shaitan will do. But of course, once you reach there, alhamdulillah, you escape. That's why when you read the history of Islam, scholars in Islam, you see what happened to them. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, how many years he stayed in the prison? How many times they, they, they beat him till he fainted? Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah, what happened to him? He died in the prison. Okay? Why? For saying the truth. Because all those Imams they reached there. So. From the errors which pertain to the belief which we should avoid, it is the hidden shirk. The hidden shirk, brothers and sisters, which we call it riya, showing off. Which one should work hard on his heart to avoid this. We should not do things for showing off. We do things for pleasing Allah, for the sake of Allah only. We don't care what the people will say as long as Allah is happy. So our objectives, the first goal and our objective, the sole objective is to please Allah. As long as Allah is pleased with us, then we don't mind what the people say. So don't put into consideration the what the people are going to say. The people will never tell, leave you alone. Imam Shafi said, satisfying the people is an unapproachable goal. It's a goal you will never approach, you will never achieve, unachievable. But to please Allah is achievable. And in a legendary story, there is a, in, in the Arabic literature, there is a le, legendary figure, character called Juhar, Juhar, This Juhar said to his son, I will teach you a lesson today. That the people, they never leave you alone. Say how? He said, just follow me and listen to what they are going to say. So he took his son and their donkey. And both of the, all of them, he and his son and the donkey are walking. And they passed by a group of men. And the group of men said, those people are really crazy. They have the donkey and they don't, they don't ride the donkey. He said, did you hear what they said? He said, yes. He said, "Right one. Now you, I will ride the donkey. So the father is riding. They pass by another group, they say, this father doesn't have mercy in his heart. He is riding and he's leaving the little boy walking. He said, did you hear? He said, yes. He said, write it now. Then he said, now you ride, I will be pulling the donkey, leading the donkey. They pass by another group and he said, this boy is not well-mannered. he's is not disciplined. He is riding and his father, the old man, is walking. said, did you hear? He said, yes, write it down. He said, now let us carry the donkey. All of us will carry the donkey. And they pass by another group. And they said, those people act mad. They are carrying the donkey. They write that down. See, there is no chance. They didn't leave us. We carried the donkey, they didn't leave us. We left the donkey alone, they didn't leave us. I rode the donkey, they didn't leave us. You rode the donkey, they didn't leave us. So the people, they will never leave you alone. So don't think what the people are going to say. Forget it. Think what Allah is going to say. That's the most important thing. If you know this fact, then you will not do anything for showing off. Because you do things for Allah's sake. The Prophet ﷺ said, he told the Sahaba, do you want to know what I fear most for you, more than the Antichrist? I fear it more than the Dajjal? We said, yes. He said, the hidden shirk. And that is to stand up praying, to stand up in the Salah. And then start to make it perfect. Because someone is watching you. Normally, you play like the crow, when the crow picks the blood. Very quick. Up and down, up and down, and that's it. But now someone is watching you, you start to prolong the salah, to start having khushuah, etc. Because someone is watching you. So this is the hidden shirk in Sunan Ibn Ma'la. Also, another thing which we have to avoid. It's the lack of tawakkul. We don't have trust in Allah. We don't have that trust that Allah is going to protect us, Allah is going to help us. We don't have it, many of us. You know, that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Prophet Abraham, Ibrahim alayhi salam, to leave his wife Hajar and her son Ismail in the deserted valley in Mecca. You know the story. Hajar asked Ismail only one question. Hajar asked Ibrahim only one question Did Allah tell you to leave us here? He didn't say yes, he only nodded. She said, Go, leave us. Allah Will not desert us. That is the trust in Allah. Tawakkul in Allah. Allah says in Surah Ali Imran, that is Surah 3, Ayah 160, If Allah helps you, none can overcome you. None. If Allah helps you, no one can defeat you. Because Allah is on your side. So if Allah helps you, none can overcome you. And if He he forsakes you, if Allah leaves you alone, if Allah washes His hand of you, if He forsakes you, who is there after that, that can help you? Who can help you? No one. In Allah then, let believers put their trust. We should put our trust in Allah and no one else. Also, from among the things that we have to, to, to think carefully about them and avoid doing these things, many of us, they feel secure from Allah's plan. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you a long rope to hang yourself with it. So you feel secure from the Allah's plan. And this is really something dangerous. If you are doing things wrong and you feel happy, and things are, mashallah, business is well, everything is okay. And so you think that Allah is happy with you. No. So that's not the case. Allah is pulling your leg metaphorically. Allah is giving you a chance, giving you enough rope to hang yourself with it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Did they then feel secure against the plan of Allah? But no one can feel secure from the plan of Allah except those doomed to ruin. Those who are going to be destroyed. Those are going to lose themselves. So it is high time to stop sinning. It's high time to turn to Allah. Say, Oh Allah, forgive us our sins. We admit and we confess. And we confess only to you. We don't confess to anyone. Don't confess to anyone. You confess to your Lord. We are not Roman Catholic to confess to each other, okay? There are also errors we which we perpetrate and commit related to the ibadah. For instance, many of us, they neglect the niyyah, the intention while doing ibadah. How many of you sisters, when they take wudu, okay, when they take wudu, they remember the niya? That, okay, now I am doing the wudu, and all my sins will be dropping with the water. The sins will come from even under the ashes of, lashes of my eyes. When I wash my face, the sins will come even from under from the nails of my fingers. When I wash my hands, the, the sins will come out from the nails of my toes. When I wash my feet. How many remembers this? Hardly any you just go, you open the top, and that's it. This hadith and this meaning of this hadith is not there in the background of the mind. And you know, in order to differentiate between the ada and the ibadah, ada means habit. What differentiates the habit from the, the ibadah, from the act of worship? It's the niyyah, the intention. You can't turn the normal habits Eating and drinking into ibadah. You eat, if there is niyyah, you will get a ajab, reward. While you are asleep, if there is a niyyah intention, Oh Allah, I sleep to gain strength to worship you. So while you are sleeping, angels are writing for your good deeds. Even satisfying the biological needs. When you sleep with your husband, that you are satisfying each other, Seeking by that Allah's pleasure, also good deeds will be written down for you. So the niyyah is very important, and we should not neglect it. Also, self-admiration and satisfaction about one's ibadah. You should never be satisfied with your ibadah. You should never say, MashaAllah, today I am fasting, and last night I prayed tahajjud, MashaAllah, mashaAllah. I am, no one is better than me. Huh? Never, never, never be satisfied. Always say, what? What is my salah? What is, I have nothing. I have nothing. Only I am relying upon Allah's mercy. Also, among the things that we have also to avoid and uh, take, uh, look at it carefully, some people, for instance, they were not practicing, brothers and sisters. And then they start to practice. So then they go at one go, at full speed. Okay? At full speed. They want to do everything. They want to fast Monday, Thursday. They want to break a hajjur, they want And niqab and, and gloves and everything. At one go. And then what will happen? Then things will start to slow down slow down, slow down, okay? And go back and back and back till go back to square one to the old habits. So those who become practices, start to practice, we have to take them through the KG1. Okay? We take them slowly, step by step. We tell them, first of all, the five prayers, okay? And then the sunan so we need to guide them i want to do this later on later on not now i want later on so we so we take them gradually otherwise we know brothers they were practicing now they are flirting all these things you know that also among the things that we should Avoid, we should uh, pay attention to it, that some of us, they turn to neglect the the nafil prayers. They don't pray for instance, you know the nafil prayers, twelve rak'ahs in the day and the night. Two before the Fajr, and four before Dhuhr, that is six now, and two after Dhuhr, eight, and two after Maghrib, ten, and two after Isha, twelve. This issue, those rak'ahs, should maintain, always keep praying them, don't leave them. Don't leave them. Also, there are errors related to the da'wah. For instance, our participation in the da'wah is so negative. How many of you sisters are involved in da'wah activities? Are you? Silence. Alhamdulillah. See? Negative attitude. Your neighbors are kafir. Have you given them da'wah? Have you called them to Islam? Have you invited your neighbor for a cup of tea? You know women, when they are chatting, then you uh, come talk to her. First of all, you just exchange recipes. And then after that, you talk about Islam. You are responsible. Your neighbor, this cavern woman, in the day of resurrection, will tell Allah, this Muslim neighbor did not talk to me. He didn't give me da'wah. Also, many of us, they don't know the different degrees of sins. They can't they can differentiate. And they fall into the... the into major sins without knowing. Many of us, unfortunately, they don't dedicate time for seeking and learning the deen. And you need to dedicate time. At least, this is my request, I don't know whether it will be granted or accepted or not. Are you ready, sisters, every day, every 24 hours, you give one hour for your deen? Are you ready for that? only one hour, a day, you say from this time to this time I'm learning my deed, and stick to it on a daily basis. We should also avoid wasting our time. How many hours you waste watching the telly, or on the phone, chatting, talking, that is part of your life and you will be questioned on the day of resurrection how you spent your time. Many of us they treat the sins lightly and they think sins are nothing. They don't know that these sins will be a root cause of their destruction. Many of the Muslims, they don't bother about the Muslims' situation in the world. What is happening to their brothers and sisters in many places of the globe. These are negative attitudes needs to be corrected. Many from among the errors and the mistakes which we should uh, not have and get rid of them if we have them that not giving the brothers and sisters the benefit of doubt that you need to give your brothers or sisters the benefit of doubt if something happened if your sister said something give her the benefit of doubt and say no she didn't mean that maybe she meant something else laziness and ineffectiveness many they are lazy very ineffective they are very lazy And this is, yes, they are like that, they are lazy. And the Prophet ﷺ in one of the du'as used to seek help from Allah and ask him to save him from the laziness. Laziness is a sickness. We recall from childhood, our mothers, before Fajr they are awake. Before Fajr. They will be, you know, uh, making the dough, kneading, and then baking the bread. By the time people, they get up for the Salah, everything is ready. That is the old generation. Old is gold, that is very true. Look to the sisters nowadays. You need to bring a bulldozer to take her from the bed to pray. A crane to lift her. Try to wake her up. Say, yes, yes, I'm coming home. And then, she will go back. When you come from the message, you're still asleep. And then you have to go, maybe bring water until you wake her up. And she will go, take Udo, pray and go back to sleep. And you go to the office. You have to call her from the office as well. Okay, okay, I will get up. Someday get up only the time. Is this life? No, that's not life. So this laziness people should get rid of it. Also, another bad quality, harshness, rudeness in behavior. Many people, they are very rude. Their character is so coarse, it's not a refined character. They don't know to talk nicely and, uh, I mean, take into, they are inconsiderate. They don't take people's feelings that's a bit bad quality, Muslims should not have. Some also they are hot tempered persons. and This is not a good quality. The Muslim has to get rid of this and he has to, he and she, to reform their character. And there are many things actually brothers and sisters that we need to work hard to get rid of them and try to substitute them with good qualities and good (coughs) attributes that please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but we don't want to keep you here for long and waste uh, your precious time so inshaAllah we stop at this point and inshaAllah we'll open floor for questions so if your questions are already written down so please pass them. Jazakumullah khair. May Allah reward all of you for your patience, attendance. Asalaamu Alaikum yeah. wa rahmat.